In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is risen. <laughs> That's right, Noah. <laughs> Get as many indeeds and trulies as we can in there. <laughs> Today we come to Murbearer's Sunday. And what I want to bring out from the story which the deacon has read for us today is that fear is overcome by the desire to honor God, even when we don't know what is going to happen in the future. Just as Joseph and Nicodemus, they gave Christ an honorable burial, but they, didn't, they thought this was the end. They thought this was the end of their secret discipleship. But they desired to honor God, and they came out from their secret discipleship to give Christ this honor. And the same can be said of the myrrh-bearing women. Those, as we heard in the Orthro service, we only know the names of eight, but the Gospels themselves tell us that there were more, the other women with them. So these women, the myrrh-bearers, who came to prepare God's body, to complete the burial service, to complete that preparation because the tomb was already had the stone rolled in front of it and was already sealed. But they hastened to the tomb to honor and complete that burial that Christ wasn't able to be fully embalmed and anointed. So the myrrh-bearers desired, along with Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who visited him in the night, to go and honor God, to honor the Lord. But they had no idea what was coming next. But what I want to highlight is this phrase that is easily overlooked. When Joseph goes to ask for the body, it says that he was looking for the kingdom. This, he was looking, but he didn't know where it would be, but he sought it. So what we have here is both men and women participating in the events, and both become witnesses of the burial and then of the resurrection of our Lord. Think of this, of how embedded Nicodemus and Joseph were into the society, into the very society that desired our Lord to not, the, the prophecy of his resurrection, to not be true. And they revealed themselves to be one of his disciples, to give him not only a burial, but Joseph to give his very own tomb to our Lord. So these secret disciples honored him in this way. Joseph rolled the very stone that was supposed to seal his own tomb over Christ's body, and he kept it there, hidden for a time. And then the women, what did they do? In the middle of the night, as soon as they could, they began to travel to take what we read in the Synexarian is a hundred pounds of ointment and spices, split among them. They hiked into the Garden of Gethsemane to his burial place, and they the Gospels tell us, don't know what they were going to do when they get there. They debated among themselves who will roll away the stone from the tomb so that we can complete this burial. But they journeyed anyway with that hundred pounds of spices and ointment. And his mother, as we've heard, and as many of our saints tell us and has become our venerable tradition that our, our, the mother of our Lord, our own mother, never left his side. They she, the women, joined the Theotokos and her vigil over Christ's tomb, where she sought to see 
her Lord and her Son and her God come out of that tomb. She sought and believed and waited and kept a vigil there. And the women went to go join her. So, as we celebrate these myrrh-bearing women in this wonderful day where we have our secular holiday, Mother's Day, and the Myrrh-Bearers Sunday, joined together, we have this wonderful um, time to contemplate what it is that our Lord and why our Lord revealed himself to these women first. Because they were the first ones. They had the honor of becoming the apostles to the apostles. They got to give the gospel to those who would go out into the world and give that public ministry out to the world and share the news that Christ is risen. St. Philaret of Moscow has this joke in his homily, actually. He says this, Why did the Savior after his resurrection first appear to the myrrh-bearing women and not say to Peter and not say to any of the other disciples? Why did the angels first tell the women to bring, and, and when, when they brought those spices and when they brought those ointments? Why was it angels to them first? And he says, Because the daughters of Eve are very talkative. And the event had to become known as quickly as possible. So St. Philaret said, I chose these women because I knew that my, the news would spread from the apostles to everyone else, as quickly through the land as possible. This was what St. Philaret said is the reason that he chose these women. Because they hastened to honor him, but they also had that are very natures, the talkativeness of women that is common, not that men don't talk either, but that Christ chose these women knowing that this is what they would do as soon as they heard. They just needed the word of the angels and to see the empty tomb. We can contrast this with the apostles. We have a story of two that we didn't read today, but it's part of this story, Well, we read it in Orthros, is that the apostles came and they witnessed the empty tomb and at least one of them, Peter, left still being unsure. John, he saw one evidence. He saw the napkin or the face covering of Christ folded up neatly. And for him, this was enough. And he believed, just who we are commemorating today. So of who we commemorate today, we see that they hastened to find these proofs, but yet they wanted to honor God by giving him an honorable and complete burial. Even though these people are the very same ones who only needed the smallest proof to believe in our Lord's resurrection. And because of their desire to give this honorable burial, they, and they witnessed his death, especially these women. We see that these, it's these very same women who kept vigil at the cross and watched him die that also came and hastened to his burial tomb. And when they heard the words of the angel that he is not here, but he is risen, just as he had told you, what was their response? They dropped everything. They dropped that hundred pounds of spices and ointments, and the gospel says they ran. What took them, it seems, most of the night to climb up to, the, to Gethsemane, and to, uh, through Gethsemane, and to see the tomb, and see where he was buried. They dropped everything and ran to spread that news. It's a St. Philaret joke for, and that is preserved for us in his beautiful homily. So the fear of the Lord is what they left with, right? 
as I was a kid and as I first heard this, I was always puzzled by what it is, why does this passage end? Why do they leave afraid when they seem to have displayed so much courage in traveling through the night, through the Sabbath night, if I will? And then coming at the very peak of dawn, this always confused me as a child, and it confused me all the way up for some of the early years of um, my conversion to orthodoxy. And even, I would say, I only got inklings up until seminary. But what I would say is this, that we are talking about two different kinds of fear. The fear of one who is so amazed that they need to be called to action. This is what the women felt. They were sore afraid, meaning that they needed to this their task to be completed. They needed to run and spread the gospel to the apostles that Christ is risen. So this is that fear that they felt. Not the fear of punishment or shame or something else. The same thing that Joseph and Nicodemus had overcome. They committed to that. They said, whatever people think of us, we will follow Christ. And this is the very same thing that these myrrh-bearers did. So what I want to read to you is one thing to make this our own. It comes from Blessed Theophlact of Ordid. How, this is a wonderful story of seeing this, and it's an encouraging, but how do we make this our own? St. Theophlact says this, let us be like Joseph, always increasing in virtue, and taking hold of that which is truly good. And let us also take the body of Jesus through Holy Communion, and place it in a tomb hewn out of rock, that is, a place, and place it within a soul which always remembers God and does not forget him, just as these myrrh did not forget him. And let that soul be hewn from a rock, that is, from Christ, who is the rock on which we are established. And let us wrap the body of Jesus in the linen. And that is, let us receive it, this pure body, for the body is the linen and as it were, the garment of the soul, our very own bodies, which we receive him in is that linen. For we must receive the divine body of the Lord, not only with a pure soul, but with a pure body as well. And we must wrap it and enfold it within ourselves and not leave it exposed. For this mystery is something veiled and hidden, not something to be exposed. And I would hasten to add, not to be necessarily exposed by us to the world, but at the time that Christ calls us, go and tell, then we can go and tell, for he is risen. This is the honor that drives out the fear and gives us courage in its place. It is this fear to go spread, the fear that it is incumbent on us, that we need to do this, to go spread the gospel, the fear of not being able to tell people of Christ. This is what gives us courage and gives us boldness, like those that we commemorate today. God will reveal himself, and we must place him and wrap him as the most precious thing in our life. And by this, the resurrection will be known, first in us and then in others. The life that tramples down death, this is the proclamation of the day. And all its little fears are overcome by Christ's death and his resurrection, totally and completely. So may our great God reveal himself in the chambers and places of our hearts. Those that may even be sealed, he will roll back the stone and shine forth with the glory of his resurrection.
Christ is risen.